Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, tomorrow's leader. So I've got a great guest for you today. His name is Rob Delf. Rob is the CEO of Meta, which is a company that does some cool stuff. They basically take all the data from movies for streaming services and companies and basically compile. They translate to different languages. They basically provide this service that we ultimately as consumers, if you watch movies, stream them, which I do you've somehow been affected by Meta. And Rob is the CEO. He has talked about in this episode some really cool stuff, and one of which I think is absolutely interesting, uh, if not fascinating to hear about how somebody comes into a company that's a global company and basically leads the company 100% virtually, not having met anybody, not having traveled. How does he impact the culture of the organization? So some real, very real, very pertinent challenges that many leaders are facing, even though they've led an organization for a long time pre-pandemic. Here's a guy who jumped in the middle of it, a global company in the middle of the pandemic. So some really, really cool stuff on leadership. Here's Rob. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Larita, your host today with a great guest. I've got Rob Delf, who's the CEO of Meta, a firm that's uh, global, I guess, based in uh, in UK. Is that right, Rob? It's based in London, yeah. It's great to be here, John. All right, great to have you, Rob. Appreciate you, uh, you being on the show. Lots of stuff I want to pick your brain on because you are uh, living a uh, very real situation that a lot of leaders um, not specifically find themselves in, but you're dealing with some of the challenges that they are. You have taken over as CEO of Meta, um, and I'd love to have the audience hear just a little bit about what Meta does and uh, how you got brought into Meta, and then we'll transition to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it sounds great. So uh, Meta is a, is a SaaS application, so software as a service web app. And basically what we do is we um, help media entertainment companies categorize and distribute the information about their TV shows and movies around the world. Um, so as you can imagine, with all of these new um, services that are out there, the Hulus, the Disney Pluses, the Paramount Pluses, the Peacocks, um, you need to get all of the information on there in a searchable, easy way to consume for a customer. And basically what, what we do is we um, help our customers organize that in a central place and then enable them to distribute that around the world, whether that's localized versions, localized synopsis, you need a Norwegian synopsis for this one, um, and, and really tracking all of that in the supply chain of film and television. Gotcha. That's it in a nutshell. I love it. And uh, I'm a huge movie fan. So you're you're speaking of something I love when you are. Um, so your customer basically is a streaming service. Is that right? That's right. Uh, streaming services, distributors and broadcasters um, and anyone who's pushing, um, you know, film and television content out, um, you know, either via 
the old ter uh, terrestrial broadcast or uh, via the internet, which is more and more the case. Got it. Okay. So uh, what's interesting is you 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 were brought in as CEO. Uh, was it earlier this year? Did you say? Yeah. So in June, you know, a little bit of the background there um, is I ran a business called Rightsline. I was a founder and CEO of Rightsline. Um, we 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 sold the majority of the business to private equity group in November. Um, and along the way, I'd known Meta. So Meta hasn't been around that long. Meta was uh, started in 2018. And I knew the founder really well. Um, and I found myself with, you know, nothing to do during a pandemic. Um, and, you know, uh, I was talking to the founder and what we ended up doing is raising some money um, and, you know, to, to fuel some growth. And I came in as the CEO and he is still the founder and the chief product officer. Sorry for the dog. Yeah, it's all right. That's the world we live in now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could see him in the background there. That's kind of cool. Yeah. He's out there. What yeah. kind of dog do you have? uh she she's a dog dog um we, we got her at the uh during the pandemic so i think she's you know a mix of one or two but a, a great pyrenees and a border collie mostly but she's, very cool. she's great very cool yeah so one of the things uh you know we were talking about the fact you you taking over a company like this large company uh and you've got basically you're you're leading an organization uh through zoom basically uh, yeah, and you were telling me. I mean, you really haven't. It's not like you gotten out to travel. You're in the middle of COVID. I mean, what's what's that been like? Uh, not one thing to adapt to it, but you literally jump into a company. You don't have any anything other than that. Yeah, I mean, it, it took a, a healthy dose of you know faith, sort of the the leap of faith going into it. Um, you know, when the when the founder Rob Tucker and I you know decided we we're going to go down this path, it was like okay, um, you know, you 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 know everyone there. One of the things that I've done in you know my previous career and previous company is, is really you know prided myself around building this you know a really strong culture, and I have to tell you I've spent some time just sort of staring at the wall trying to figure out like how you build a great culture when really your interactions are limited to scheduled meetings that you set up on Zoom, mm -hmm. and yes you've got like all the other tools you've got Slack everyone's on Slack consistently but. You know, does that define a culture when you're not in person um, and really struggling with that uh, a little bit? Because, you know, I think there's there's something to be said with just seeing each other in person and talking about things that aren't on the agenda. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think the biggest thing that, that I've found and experienced is actively taking the time to t talk about things or, or connect with people where it's not specific related to the top, the task at hand mm -hmm. is probably the best tool in, 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 in the bag of doing this because when you're in person, right. I mean, then this is just, you know, kind of a little, you know, off the cuff here, but when, when you're in person, there's a lot more sort of interaction, like, Hey, what kind of dog do you have? Yeah. Or, you know, like, well, like what'd you do on the weekends? Yeah. Whereas if I've set up a meeting with you, it's like, okay, well, here's items one through six that we need to talk with, talk about. Right. Let's start at the top. And it's a lot more transactional. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'd say that it's, you know, it's been less challenging than I think I originally thought it was going to be, um, you know, certainly from, you know, the culture perspective and, and our business, right? Remember, we're a, we're a software company. So a lot of stuff, you know, really can be done remote. Um, you know, we've got Slack, everyone's on huddles all the time. Um, mm -hmm. That's there. Yeah, uh, I, I am looking forward to a couple longer kind of in-person meetings, however. Uh, 
Definitely. I would imagine. But you bring up a great point. It's like, you know, you you're absolutely right. When you're on a Zoom or go to meeting, whatnot, it just seems much more transactional. And do you do you think leaders forget that like that, that it's almost got to be this conscious thought that, listen, you got to still build a relationship and find ways to do that. Is that an oversight of most leaders now? I mean, I think it's an easy trap to fall into. Right. Because, you know, we've all got our schedule especially working from home like there's a dog barking in the background or you have a toddler that's going to run into the room i think i think the easy trap to fall into is like okay we're here to get these things done and then and then we're done right Right. um and, and, and i think there's there's a lot to be said for you know just you know scheduling some time to communicate with people in leadership positions around you um you know at the company and just chatting about what's going on Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a little bit awkward at first, kind of staring at each other on a screen, like, because we're so trained to be like, okay, what are we here to do? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> As opposed to, exactly. I'm sitting in the de- desk next to you. Hey, what do you think about this thing? Like, that's a more natural human interaction, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, get, getting over that. I, the other thing actually around that, this is something that, that I've seen is, is I feel like for better or for worse, people working remotely are a lot of times more efficient with their time. Um, because you can really easily say like, okay, from 10 till noon, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And because there's no distractions and there's no one around and you're not walking around, right. uh, you kind of get more done. Yeah. Nobody's right. Peering in your office or over your cubicle or anything like that. Yeah. You just, you, Would, yeah, you're, you got solo time. Yeah. So, yeah. Is, is that so, cause I remember, you know, in an office setting, I mean, I used to get so much out of walking around the office, seeing you and just being like, Hey Rob, how's everything going? And just getting into a conversation. And that conversation sometimes would be so valuable. And I I would look back and be like, wow, that's so great that I just even had that interaction with Rob because I learned this, or I was able to give him some guidance on that. What's the, what's the replacement for that? I mean, how do leaders now fill (laughs) that void that they don't have those little 30 second interactions? think it's the million dollar question you know because those 30 second interactions give you kind of visibility into how someone's doing you can pick up on body language you can pick up on you know a lot of sort of the things that you aren't getting through through zoom um and and you're kind of left with you know okay what tools do you have like always backtrack okay what else can we use yeah you can connect with people on slack which that's fine um i've found calling just picking up the phone and calling every once in a while is that that's not related to an agenda. So like the more you can take it off of, Mm. this is the stuff we have to accomplish today um, Mm. versus just checking in and saying hello. I think, I think that goes a long way. Right. And it's, and it's one of those things where it's the last thing you want to do because you have, Mm. you know, 900 more things on your task list, but just reaching out and, and, and chatting for a bit. Um, is, is, is really helpful. It's interesting. I just wrote a note, which is a really interesting concept. It's almost like thinking about, you know, how many interactions do you have with your people that are agenda-based versus non-agenda-based? Like that's right. kind of a, we become so agenda-based in all of our interactions. It's like, okay, well, what am, why are we talking unless there's a purpose? There's got to be a purpose why we're talking. We've lost sight of the fact that sometimes <laughs> you don't know the purpose when you start a conversation with somebody and you find out it was super valuable. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, it's, um, I think that, you know, some of the greatest ideas, you know, come out of the agendaless interactions, you know, yeah. you know, Hey, how are you doing? Well, I'm struggling with this. Hey, have you thought about using this tool or approaching it this way? Like 
those aren't things that you're going to, you're going to schedule some time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, typically those agendas are like, we're going to brainstorm around this one problem, not just like generally how you, how you're working. Yeah. So, That's you know, right. I, th- there is a challenge there, you know, I think if you'd asked me all these same questions three years ago, uh, my answer would have been, that's impossible. You'd be totally ineffectual. It wouldn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is one of those things to, uh, you know, I find it's like you take a step back and you realize that like, we, we, we do really invent ways to kind of succeed or get around those obstacles. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, we're using the tools at hand to, to make it happen. Yeah. It, um, it is amazing how, how adaptable people are, which that's right. actually an interesting concept because that, that, that really is a great segue into another big challenge that leaders have is helping people through change or even themselves helping them adapt through change. And I think that is a great learning is that you look at something, I mean, just even the concept of walking around all day with masks and stuff like that. And you know, the whole new way of life before that we would have thought no way there's no way we're going to be able to yet we adapted (laughs) within a month. Everybody was like, all right, whatever, this is the new normal. Um, is there a lesson in there from, for leaders regarding change? (laughs) For sure. I mean, think about it. It's like, it's like a great sort of case study on how we would think about the pandemic and everything that's happened before. Right. If you told me, if if you told either of us that it was going to happen, we'd have been like, that's impossible. This isn't going to work. No one's going to do these things. It's the downfall of all business. Commerce is going to stop. Um, right. (laughs) And then you you look at it now and it's like, actually, it's not that bad. You know, most people I talk to, like, business is doing pretty well. Economy's growing. Like, things are working out. Um, And and I think that there's a straight allegory to change in an organization, right? Right. The minute you say, like, hey, we're going to do this this way now, you know, most people's immediate reaction is like, well, that's never going to work. Right. Or maybe it's maybe it's not that it's never going to work, but oh, I can see twenty different problems with that. Yeah. Um, and then when 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 you actually get into it, it's like, yeah, there's challenges, but there was challenges before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you right. had people complaining that so and so was bugging them too much at their desk when they were trying to work. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and now and a half know, of that time in a car with traffic and all that stuff that now you have that time back in your life. You're right. And and now we have that to remind people of, hey, listen, see how fast and well you adapted to this whole crazy, unpredictable situation. And to your point, a lot of businesses came out of a better, stronger, many, many businesses that that might have otherwise even failed. It just pushed them into a different, pushed them outside their comfort zone and forced them to think about their business totally different and flip it upside down. And out came this great solution that they hadn't thought of before. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and that that's everything from, you know, making sure everything's, you know, digital and in the cloud or, you know, these processes can be managed not by going to the office. I think it's I think it has created a lot of uh, efficiency. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, this is this is my opinion anyway, is that it, the change is kind of permanent, you know, like even with when, when I talk to. Uh, contemporaries, you know, in, in my industry, especially in the software industry, and we talk about going back to the office and what's needed, you know, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think there's a desire from the employees or the management to go back to five days, certainly not like all the studies say that, but even two or three days, like it might end up being a day a week. And then, you know, think about sort of broader changes in that regard. Yeah, I know a lot of companies that are thinking that way too. As you think about when things now open up and you're able to do the travel that you weren't able to do before, what is what does that look like for you and what kind of changes 
are, are you going to make or not make based on that? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, in my, in my previous job, um, I put on a lot of air miles, you know, um, it was like, Oh, we're, you know, we have a potential customer over here in Australia. I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to go see them. Um, that's not going to happen again. You know, like it's just, you know, you, you, I think this period has allowed a substantial amount of reflection on how much time and money and environmental impacts that all that stuff has. Um, really, which is just to connect with someone that you could do on Zoom. And now because we've established the ease of which we can do that, um, that, that I think a lot of that's going to go away. Mm-hmm. I think that the travel that will be done, you know, is going to be much more targeted, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm coming out for two weeks and, you know, we're going to do these things and that'll happen once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that, you know, maybe we don't need it. But, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, you, you do think I re- remember when I was prior to doing what I'm doing now, I was in an office setting where it was an hour commute each way to work. And and it right. was only a few miles, but it was Boston. So it took forever. So I'm like two hours a day. That's 10 hours a week, 500 hours a year. <laughs> and I'm in a car and, you know, Massive. maybe I'm listening to books or whatever, but it's still in a car. And it just now you take that away and you have all that time to do something else, whether it's spend time with friends and family or you know, take up a new hobby or whatever. You've got all that back. <laughs> right. And, and, and I think that's what it is. It's just sort of like a reassessment of the, you know, the value of time. Right. I mean, yeah. and if you think about it, it's a, not to get too deep, but it's really the only currency we have, right. Is our own time. Yeah. Um, and you know, kind of it's, it's, it's a, it's really healthy to evaluate like where you're spending time to figure out like, I don't need to go two hours a day into an office just to sit there. Maybe I go in one once a week and I've set up meetings with people, right. Mm -hmm. And everything else I can do remotely. And, uh, you know, I have enough trust in kind of like the employee, employee, uh, employee, employee, employer relationship that that works out. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and when you think about, you know, cultures and, and leading companies in that way, um, I think that's probably the most, most important right is that you everyone has uh the level of trust that the work is going to be done you know in a consistent way Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it shouldn't matter yeah exactly well the trust is absolutely key um rob this has been fantastic i wish we i know we're short on time here i wish we had more um if people want to learn more about you or more about meta where's the best place for them for them to go um you can check us out on our website which is meta.how not meta.com. That's a, that's a whole other, whole other company now. Um, um, or you can, you can find me on LinkedIn and that's R Delf, R D L F. Okay. Excellent. We'll have all that in the show notes for listeners. They can just, uh, we'll have the links in there that they can click to, but, uh, this has been great, Rob, really, really great insights. I appreciate it. I know the audience will uh, appreciate it as well. And hopefully we can have you back sometime, uh, another time, maybe do a part two or something like that. Love that, John. Take care. Thank you. And thanks all for uh, listening today. We appreciate your uh, faithful uh, viewership. Uh, As always, thumbs up, uh, share, subscribe, like, all that kind of good stuff. Appreciate your future suggestions for content and guests. And uh, go down below, give a five-star review, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. For suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching, reach me at john at loritogroup.com. 
Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.